Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Stefan. And I'm Paul. So this is great. We're going to be uh, um, uh, including a story that, that I told at um, our when we came back for our first event after the uh, little summer break. Yeah. So, um, But you know what? I think I'm going to get you to uh, like give a little backstory about this right about about how about how how you came to tell the story you as stefan yes right yes yes I, well, I should also note that your voice has distinctly changed uh since that september event so yeah. that could ask some confusion I, I had a little bit of a cold oh wow. then oh, okay. yes yes right. yes so if you're but if you're confused uh use the hashtag hashtag swdt confused yes uh and and let us know uh because I would say we're not out to confuse you, but that would feel like a lie. So right, uh, I think I know what you're t- saying. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so the thing about this story is that it was hard to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, not specifically from a standpoint of it's a difficult topic, or at least not a, a terribly difficult topic, but it was something that I feel like you struggled with. Uh, consistently in that you kept having iterations of versions of the story over and over and over again and none of them exactly seemed to land where you wanted them to yes yeah I think so and and I think it, it, it's also um, there was it was one of those instances where, which I think what you know we're kind of um, this is part of what we're talking about today also is is just sort of like you know details of a very um, it's a the, the problem with the story is that it's it's a. Uh, it's very. It can be very long and involved. There's a lot of pieces to it, and we, you know, when when you guys were were giving me feedback and everything, I was, um, you know, I really remember one of the things we say is that it's like, oh, when there's some details in here that are like really important to you, they might not be as important to understand the story for the audience and so on. But it was, um, it was a little trickier than that because. Um, you're the thing that you're ta- that I was talking about was that was not um, it, it it didn't have the benefit of like this is a breakup story or this is a you know kind of universal thing that everyone's been through like you you had to sort of start from scratch of to what I was even talking about yeah you had to build up a lot of knowledge yes. in people's minds about why any of this would make any sense yes you know it you know the story jumps around in about like over about a year yeah. Um, and yeah, it doesn't have the ability to sort of rela- relax, I think, on a, on a, it can't hang itself, I guess, on the kind of uh, type of story it is. Mm-hmm. Because it's a story about a game show, yeah, but also a friendship, but mm-hmm. also a survey. And th- that was what I feel like you were struggling with for so long was that it was very difficult to get enough, to get enough context in there for so, to, so as not to be confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, while also not being overwhelming, with yeah, this stuff. exactly. And I think in the end, it it, it ended up being a little. It, it, it runs long, um, and so uh, part of that problem was the fact that it was like, how do you convey enough information so people aren't confused when the story is a bit is is confusing? And, you know, the story itself is. You know, you could I guess undercut the whole story by really just sort of giving people the 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 
the sort of the Coles notes. Mm-hmm. But part of the problem with that that within the story was that the Coles notes almost undermined the whole premise of the story. You know, like right. if you just if someone just came out and told you this is what happened and this is why it happened, it doesn't really capture the essence of why it matters. And I guess the silliness and the confusion of the whole experience, it that being part of the core message makes the whole thing much more difficult to figure out what matters and what doesn't. And, you know, the thing with being with either silly stuff or stuff that is, say, like this seems absurd or whatever, is is finding that place um, where you're not uh, confusing the audience to the point where they're like, I don't know what's going on right now, but you're still, are, you know, that, that place between that and, and having enough things rooted in like a, a story where you can still use those elements and still, you know, make them effective and make them land. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It was tough to, to, uh, find that place. Yeah. And I think, and I think part of it also was the fact that it was, it somehow managed a need to capture an essence of a friendship, but the, the story that the, the, was trying to capture that essence was confusing in itself. So I, I feel like there was never enough of an opportunity to get the um, the through line of the essence of the friendship through, which was absurdity. That's part of this. Is it's, it's, it's part of the thing is the essence of the friendship is, is, is buy into absurdity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so and so with that being the essence of this, to then also explain the absurdity in a way that is in any way not completely baffling. Uh, required a fair amount of, of, of pieces. Well, and the, the problem that I was having is that every time it seemed we were get, got together, I, it wasn't just that I was tweaking the story. It's almost like I was rewriting it from a different, uh, for like a different perspective or a different focus. So like, you know, you're saying that I had these two things. Um, you know, it could have been a story. It could have been a completely different story about, you know, just the game show, or it could have been a completely different story just about, you know, this, this sort of friendship. It was hard to, you know, and I, I'd come with a completely almost, not a rewritten story, but things moved around pretty significantly. It was hard to find the, you know, the, the how to the do core, it, yeah, it together. Yeah. Well, part of that was because, you know, the fir- when you, when you start the whole thing, that was, again, part of the fun was trying to find that whichever, what the, the, the thing that the rest of the story is trying to get out. Cause it started with failure, right? The whole thing originally was talking about failure and, and, and using that as a lens of, 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 of how important trying and failing can be to, to growth and, and how, and how often we don't talk about failure, um, and how often we sort of hide from that. And then, but to even get there then required a f- significant explanation of, uh, of the friendship with, 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 Brianne, and that sort of was con- th- then well, that required a certain set. It just it, every time just had a different thing. And like again, you know, you're saying like that's a say a common thing people would uh, you know experience like what oh uh, yeah like uh, the idea of failure or whatever. But then you had to explain why this was a failure yeah, and exactly. why this was like in terms of. But then like what? So there was a lot of uh, explaining that I had to do. Um, you know, to, to do this. And yeah, so I was just trying to find all those pieces, had all the pieces. Yeah. It's still all the pieces there, but it's just, it, it, it never, well, it just ended up long. Um, and, and, and because of that length, it never gave you the sort of that little, that little element of, of, um, of closure. And I'm part of what is sometimes stories like this, I think 
are the reason why you can't find that closure is because there isn't the ending of the story yet. You know, there isn't that. You know, it, this this particular story ended up being sort of you know, framed in the in the percentage of of, 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 of Brand's marriage or wedding, sorry, specifically, and and then has a whole backstory in the middle of it and uses the sort of speech at the wedding that you gave uh, as as a frame, mm-hmm. but. That then had a whole added another setting to this entire story, it, right? It, like it, it, whole other time, a whole other period, everything. Yeah, yeah. and and you know, and, and we, you know, it's not like you didn't take the advice of things like you know, cut some of the parts that aren't necessarily important. Like there's an entire segment here of of a first game show that was hosted that that did work that led you to a second, and that entire almost that entire idea gets cut from the story, and still it runs in a, in a way that's. Oh, I thought, uh, because I was hoping that this would be an opportunity because one part that you always liked about my story was uh, that didn't really kind of make it in there was the intern. Right, yeah. So I thought that maybe uh, this could also be an opportunity for our, our dear listeners to hear that part of the story. Well, it was... Well, it, in, in your words, in of, my course. Words, of course. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's something else we cut, which is, again, one of the things in which it was one of the more absurd portions of this story, which is that, um, as you'll hear, uh, we were hosting, uh, there was a set of surveys being being run um, by, by by yourself and Brianne. And at some point, and so, so basically at some point, this got mes- a message went out. Uh, we were doing some sort of framing of people's sort of side projects and, and a message went out to the community that we're here. Where we are based in the Center for Social Innovation. And so a message went out explaining what, what, uh, what misplaced metrics was, which was the sur- made-up survey company that we were running. So let me just like interject there yeah. for a second. And you haven't even gotten to the intern yet. No. So that sort of, that sort of illustrates what we're talking yeah. about, that you, you know, it's, there's a lot of... Uh, Heavy listing you have to do at the beginning just to get to the point. Yeah, because you know, because because an intern apply uh, an intern applying to a regular organization totally normal thing. An intern yeah. applying to a completely made up silly survey game that you're that you're hosting out of a space that makes no sense is a weird funny thing. So anyway, so an intern applied uh, to our uh, our, sh- our our surveys our survey game show thing, and we had this hilarious ongoing back and forth trying to convince them that we weren't a real thing. Yeah. It was back and forth, back and forth. We're like, no, we don't, we aren't, we aren't doing anything. Why are you, like, we're, and then they would not take no for an answer. And, and this just seemed like such a perfect example of, because the whole gimmick of the entire experience was pretending we were a real thing. And this was someone really, all, they, this person is the only person in the entire experience who bought so far into the, uh, the, the, the silliness that we actually then had to, like, come clean and say, like, no, none of this is real. Yeah, and and that's a it's a good example of like if the story if you were just telling the story of this game show, and the you know misplaced metrics and all of that where it came from, that would maybe make sense in that context. If you were if the story was then uh, focused on, you know, just the friendship, maybe that's one of those things that would fall away because. Yeah, you know, it's just not relevant as relevant to that side of the the my story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's yeah, and so there was a yeah. So the, this is an interesting story because there are so many versions of it on the cutting room floor, mm-hmm. uh, and and it is a long story, so we should probably get to it quickly. I feel like. Yes. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get to you. I your I mean my story. Um, um, yeah, from just a few months ago. Yeah, I like how we spend a whole time talking about how confusing it might be to be a story, and then we're really buying into this. Hashtag SWDT confused. Oh, 
on a scale of zero to three, please rate your last failure in the following categories. Novelty, depth, preparedness, texture, malleability, longevity, ease, and despair. Once completed, uh, please describe how you evaluated at least one of these categories. You should go up. Say something. I'm hesitant. I mean, who likes the toasts at weddings, especially from someone who no one there really knows? I mean, our table represents a very specific part of her life. And the other end of the table already asked the best man for a napkin when they thought he was a waiter. <laughs> so we're already on thin ice. <laughs> the invitation for anecdotes was genuine. Brianne stops by our table. Just turn on the mic and go for it. You know mics. And that settles it. It's her wedding. And to be honest, I think I owe her a debt that can only be paid in stories. And so the mic uh, takes a second to connect. Uh, and so my voice sort of booms into existence halfway through my opening sentence. And so I sort of talk around things until people quiet down. As some of you may know, Brianne and I once hosted the world's greatest game show. Highlights included cash prizes, a rubber chicken, <laughs> and the meaning of life. Okay, okay. I should explain two things. Uh, the first uh, is it wasn't always a game show. And the second is that it wasn't my idea, it was Brianne's. Uh, see, she had created this survey to figure out who in Toronto served the best nachos. And then got really drunk one night and made everyone at the table uh, instead rate their last relationship on the same scale. Uh, so it was questions like, rate your partner's cheese distribution, uh, or chip quality, uh, etc. And needless to say, I thought this was the funniest thing I've ever heard. And it sort of snowballed from there. We called ourselves a boutique qualitative data collection firm. And at, in the beginning, we administered in-person paper surveys calculating such important information such as about your opinions on your last haircut or potentially your last serious relationship. And that was fun. I will say that. <laughs> we worked together on it for months. I mean, like, we met up every Tuesday at 10 in the morning uh, to make a new survey. Uh, and then we had to like also remove all the other survey information and put it somewhere else. Uh, we brought it online, opening up a whole new set of friends to bother. But as the, as the months wore on and, and the leaves began to fall from trees, our project was spluttering. We'd miss our meetings uh, and instead uh, plan to do things online. You know, we'd struggled to keep up uh, with the different kinds of postings you needed to make this thing af keep afloat, if you could call whatever the fuck we were doing afloat at all. Uh, but for some reason, we weren't really willing to give this up. We weren't really willing to say goodbye. And so life gave us serendipity. As the leaves began to rot 
on the, in the gutters, we found ourselves in a conversation with a local bar owner. Uh, and he was explaining to us how he and a comedian friend had always wanted to host a game show. But they didn't have any content. If only he happened to know someone who was sitting on an incredible amount of data they had literally no idea what to do with. 15 minutes of name consideration later, Datagasm, the game show based on the surveys, was born. We picked a date. We kicked in into overdrive because we had a venue and we had a host, but nothing else in a tight timeline. I'm not sure how common it is, uh, the experience of trying to build a game show, uh, but needless to say, uh, we were not experts. You had to design the game, you had to write the questions, you had to find another host, but most importantly, we had to make anyone show up to this thing. And, you know, who would come? How do you even explain this? Honestly, the way we pitched it was, come for a weird time. <laughs> and surprisingly, uh, enough people showed up for our test run, and it kind of worked, you know? Uh, and so we were like, okay, let's do this again in a bigger venue, but for real. And I remember the day, it was about 10 months after the survey started. It was a cold December, and the door to this new venue we had found was uh, a little sketchy, but the stairs were terrifying. And I kid you not, three different times we had to come back up the stairs to convince everyone who's outside that yes, they were in the right place. Uh, yes, there is a game show happening here. Yes, I promise you, down those stairs. And also yes, the one about data. And so they'd agree with us and they'd join us and they walked in the steps and they entered into this place that was honestly kind of looked like it was the beginning of a Law and Order episode. You know, the part where something really fucked up happens and then everyone dies and then they figure it out later. Uh, you know, there was an entire one very long bar all painted black and a whole set of lounge space with a lighting that was just kind of confusing. But an hour later, I found myself standing on the stage staring out onto the black leather lounge chairs that sit empty and line the walls. The sub-basement venue had invested in these to make up for its sort of, you know, basement dungeon vibe. Uh, but it had done very little to forget, to make me forget uh, the owner's story of finding a sex swing during renovations. <laughs> but the 50 or so, seriously, 50 people or so people who've congregated close to the stage sit sort of restless in their seats, waiting for us to call something to order, uh, to give the night meaning. Uh, Brian and I ha stand side by side in our borrowed lab coats, a microphone in one hand and a rubber chicken in the other. <laughs> We're raised just a little too far away from the audience, on a stage never built for what we're about to do. But undaunted, I signal to our DJ, who is, I swear to you, feels like a mile away at the back of this, and we take our seats as I hand the, the rubber chicken onto the seat that I was walking past, and Brianne hands the microphone to the guests. DJ Freebeats hits play on the intro music. <laughs> Real name. Uh, and the hosts sweep into the forefront, and I wonder how the fuck I got here. 
Welcome to Datagasm, a totally relatable game show. <laughs> the crowd claps politely and we begin. If I'm being honest, I know why I'm here. The lab coat, the clipboard, the pure absurdity of it all. The first few questions go to Team One, who've named themselves Team One, enduring an appalling lack of ingenuity. <laughs> but, and the first, but the next few go to the opponents, and the game continues neck and neck. You see, 10 months ago, uh, I'd entered this year with no stable footing. It was a year of freelance work, which felt shockingly like unemployment. And, <laughs> And, and, and the end of a recent relationship was still imprinted on my psyche. Near the end, it looks like Team One is finished, but they battle back to push the final and deciding question. Because this, this, this project had been a gift of community, uh, of purpose, of work. Like work when free time felt terrifying. When surveyed, about their most memorable vacation. What did people rank higher? Appropriateness or ease? <laughs> a squawk rings out from the slowly expanding rubber chicken, give, giving one of them, give, giving team one the first guess. They turn inward, inwardly and chat for a second. Uh, we would like to use our last lifeline and ask the scientists. All attention turns towards the table that, that Brianne and I sit behind. A microphone slowly makes its way to us as we quickly scroll through our Google spreadsheets trying to find some information that makes any of this make sense. <laughs> the stage lights beat br down bright in a way that you can make, barely makes the audience even visible. Well, what I can tell you uh, is that when, you when asked to describe how they understood one of the categories within that survey, one responder stated, I got an ear infection and had to walk around with an onion on my ear for the pain because it was Christmas and everything was closed. <laughs> Team one deliberates for half a second. <laughs> Appropriateness. That is correct. The hosts rise up in excitement. DJ Freebeats hits the celebration music, which makes the bass thump. All of Team One rises up in celebration, and the audience stares blankly. <laughs> A smattering of applause at best. Half of them will be gone before the finishing, before the middle of the second session. Brian and I, from our table, sort of sit back from the stage. In front of us, the six contestants and the, and the two hosts still play game two fantastically. They're all playing well together. But from that vantage point, we watch helplessly as we slowly lose an audience still entirely made up of friends and family. <laughs> at the guest, uh, at the front, a guest starts guessing every single question, and frustratingly, they are consistently right. Like, more right than they should possibly be able to do so, given the fact that the questions still remain completely nonsensical. People leave quickly after the show ends. We hang back, 
decompress. Brand lounges deep in the couches, still huddled towards the stage. That didn't work. She's right. I nod in agreement. Brand and I keep collaborating, but we never return uh, to the game show. Uh, it ends as, as curiously and quickly as it began. On a scale of zero to three, please rate your last failure. The guest's attention remained fixed. Brandon and her groom stand facing me. The microphone takes a half second uh, to connect to the speaker, so my voice booms into existence halfway through my opening line, and so I talk around things until they quiet down. As some of you may know, Brandon and I once hosted the world's greatest game show. Highlights included cash prizes, a rubber chicken, and the meaning of life. See, the project was defined by giving meaning to nonsense. Uh, it was built on refusal to accept the world's, world's opinions of its conclusions, and it flourished in an unrepentant love for what it did. It taught me about the life I'd live before I began to live it. So if you'll indulge me, I have a quick game for the bride and groom to compete in. When surveyed about the last wedding they attended, what did people rank higher? Sequel likelihood <laughs> or twist? Thank you. Subscribe to the Stories We Don't Tell podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes. For more information about the podcast, blog, and live events, find us on Facebook or visit storieswedonttell.org. This episode of Stories We Don't Tell podcast is brought to you by Ghosts. Ghosts, making Nightwatch 2017 more interesting.